Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our coming Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm going to take a guess that, uh, that all of us have some days when nothing seems to go according to plan. At least that's the way it is for me. I don't think I'm alone. And so, you know, one of the kids gets sick in the middle of the night, and you've got to scramble with your struggles, your schedules, to plan who's going to stay home with her the next day. Then the dishwasher overflows. The dog barfs in the family room. And the car has a flat. Yuck! And I bet you can make up some of your own stories like that. There are just some, some days when it just doesn't go the way you want it to. And I guess especially this time of the year as we're getting ready for Christmas in our frantic society, that those uh, little annoying things can get us down, discouraged, even depressed. Well, if you want to talk about depression, that's not exactly a favorite topic, but if you want to talk about depression, let's, let's talk about John the Baptizer. He was the forerunner of the promised Messiah, a prophet called by God to preach and to proclaim, to get ready for the coming of the, the Messiah, Jesus. And where did it get him? Huh. Here he was, alone, rejected, in prison, in prison for doing his prophetic ministry that God called him to do. And he's about to be beheaded for his efforts. I mean, that's really depressing, don't you think? Nothing, absolutely nothing, seemed to be going well for John. So I don't think it's a surprise at all that he wonders about Jesus. It's not a surprise that he had some questions about his ministry, his own, and that of Jesus. John had a lot of legitimate reasons for doubt, for despair, discouragement, and depression. Think about it. He was in prison, and Jesus had not come forth to defend him. Righteousness and truth should prevail. That was his message. It didn't seem that way to, to John. There was no fire from heaven, no judgment as John expected and, in fact, predicted. And what had changed as a result of his work, his preaching there in the desert, the wilderness? Not much of substance, as far as John could tell. And now his time was running out in prison. He probably knew he was going to die pretty soon. Herod was going to cut off his head. Ah, brutal. So this is the time. It's, it's time to confront Jesus and to get some answers to his questions 
So John sends his disciples to Jesus to ask the crucial question, are you the one? Jesus, are you the one? Are you the one, the Messiah, the, the one we've been waiting for? Are you the promised one of the ages? Once and for all, tell us yes or no. And wouldn't it have been great if Jesus had just answered, yes, you got it, I'm the one. And that would have ended the wondering and the doubt, the questioning for John. And if he were to die, at least he could die in peace, knowing that he had accomplished his job of preparing the, one, the way for the right one for Jesus of Nazareth. And I'm willing to guess that uh, a lot of us would like our questions answered the same way, yes or no. Yes or no. Can my spouse and I work out our problems and build a better marriage? Yes or no. Should I go to college in Maryland or go to a school out of state? Yes or no. Will these kids of mine ever straighten out and grow up? Yes or no, should I stay with my current job or look for another? Yes or no, is it time to retire? Can we afford to retire? Do we want to retire here or near one of our kids? Yes or no, can this congregation continue to reach out to the many peoples in our society who do not know Jesus? Or are we ready to get comfortable and just take care of our own members? Yes or no? Yes or no, do this, do that. But most of our questions in our lives are not answered in those ways, are they? And Jesus doesn't answer John's questions that way either with a yes or no answer. What Jesus does say is this. Tell John what you see and what you hear. What's been happening because of my ministry? People are healed and helped and loved and given life. And the good news is preached to everyone. Well, do you think that answer made John happy? Or was he disappointed? Sorry, we're not told in Scripture, but but I think you could make a good case that, that he was still pretty depressed. He was not happy with that answer at all. Because there was no fiery judgment. There was no religious revival because of what he was doing. Some people got baptized, but what was the real effect? John certainly didn't get the results he wanted or expected. And maybe we face disappointments in our lives, too, when we don't get what we want, or at least right away, if at all. Illness continues. 
Relationships remain troubled. Feelings of guilt or worthlessness continue. Financial problems seem to get worse. And somehow our faith doesn't seem to to be the answer to our difficulties. We get disappointed and depressed. Depressed just like John the baptizer. But my friends, before we get carried away with that depression, let me share the good news that comes through this text. Even through this less than desired answer of Jesus. Something that comes in this Advent season of waiting and hoping and preparing. And the good news is this, that Jesus was there in the midst of life where people were sick and hurting, blind and deaf, crippled and in family squabbles. And Jesus was there to help and to heal. And you know what? He still is. Jesus was there in the midst of sin and guilt, guilty consciences. He was there to help and to heal with his forgiveness and the power to straighten out lives, yours and mine. Jesus was there, and he still is. Jesus was there in the midst of death, and sorrow and mourning as loved ones, like, like his friend Lazarus just shortly before Lazarus died. And Jesus was there to heal and to help because he too would be raised from death on Easter Day. Jesus was there and still is. Jesus was there when people around him felt depressed and and rejected and useless with the Roman occupation. And and Jesus is there even today as lots of people are disappointed and worry and wonder about the future of our country in these next years. And he is there to help and to heal with his acceptance, his patience, his message to us in our baptism, you are okay. You are a child of God. You are forgiven by God's grace. You are destined for heaven. And I'm in charge of all of it. Jesus was there. And he still is. There's a wonderful story about a professor in one of our church colleges. He was teaching a class, probably underclassmen, uh, about the meaning of Jesus' life in ministry at this uh, church college. And the class was getting a little bit unruly. And standing in front of a chalkboard, the professor, ignoring the chatter, drew a huge arrow at the center of the board with a point pointing down. 
and it got the students' attention for sure. And they tried. They didn't know what to make, what sense to make out of this dramatic action. They wondered what he meant. Was he trying to say, you don't get it, you dummies? Or was he trying to say, you're all failing this class? Maybe he was saying, you're all going to hell. They just didn't know. And in that uncertainty, the professor, without another word, just walked out. The next day, students gathered before class early. Can you imagine students coming early to class? Well, they did, anxious to hear what the professor meant by this dramatic, just dramatic action the day before. He entered the classroom and simply said, he came down. Jesus came down. He always comes down. And you know, that's the story of Advent and Christmas. Jesus comes down. Jesus comes down to us, came among us in our world. And he was there, a baby, born of Mary, still the Savior of all. And he gave his life on a cross for that world and for us and was raised to life again so that we might give our lives in service to each other and to the world. And today he comes down to us again, gives us his own body and blood in the supper to strengthen us for our ministry wherever he has placed us in this world. He comes down to forgive and strengthen us for our living. Jesus was there then, and he is here now. So we have an answer to give to the disciples of John. An answer to give to anyone who asked, Are you the one, Jesus? Are you for real? Can we trust you? Will you keep your promises? Are you the one? And you can bet your life he is. Count on it forever. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.